1: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/wondery. That's rocketmoney.com/wondery. rocketmoney.com/wondery.
2: Tonight the chilling 911 calls in that Louisville bank massacre, including one from the mother of the gunman begging police dispatchers not to punish him. Here are tonight's headlines. But I'm in a closet hiding, I hear guns The desperate calls for help from inside the bank as the community comes together to honor the victims.
3: Evacuations are underway in Richmond, Indiana as a result of a large-scale industrial fire. More than 2,000 people in the area were ordered to leave their homes.
1: TENNESSEE'S SHELBY COUNTY BOARD OF COMMISSIONERS HAS VOTED UNANIMOUSLY TO REINSTATE DEMOCRAT JUSTIN PEARSON TO THE STATE'S HOUSE OF REPRESENTATIVES.
2: TWITTER TURMOIL ELON MUSK TALKS ABOUT THE TROUBLES THE SOCIAL MEDIA PLATFORM HAS FACED SINCE HE TOOK OVER.
0: THE, the PAIN LEVEL OF TWITTER HAS BEEN EXTREMELY HIGH.
2: Tax series, if you use apps like Venmo to get paid, you want to hear the new IRS rule.
4: If I didn't have multiple ways that somebody could pay me, I feel like I would lose business.
1: Sweet are made of the
2: And the big names added to the national recording registry. These
1: country roads, take me home.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us today we want to begin as we're learning more about that horrible massacre at a Louisville bank. We're hearing from the family of the gunman for the first time saying they'll fully cooperate with investigators. They're revealing that the shooter had mental health challenges which they said they were quote actively addressing. It comes on the same day police released frantic 911 calls from inside the bank as employees hid, pleading for help. In the background, you hear gunfire as police are engaging with the gunman. Also on those calls, his mother in shock and disbelief. There is a vigil in downtown Louisville tonight honoring the five people who were killed and eight who were wounded. One of those injured, shot in the back, spoke to CBS News, saying she not only knew the gunman, but was his mentor. She said never in a million years did she think he could have done this. There's a lot to get to, and CBS's Roxana Saberi is in Louisville for us again tonight. Good evening, Roxana.
3: Good evening, Nora. The community remembered the victims at a vigil here tonight with residents speaking through tears and calling for gun violence to end. It's just hours since the police released those 911 calls. In them, you can feel the caller's fear as they pleaded for police to act fast. Oh my God, I just watched oh The 911 calls are chilling. The first one from a woman who watched remotely on a video call as the shooter opened fire on a board meeting at the bank. This video is still going. Oh my God! There's no, I can't see anything now. This the ground. Then a woman inside the bank calls cautiously as she hides in a closet with another person. Eight or nine people have been shot. Uh-huh. I'm in a closet hiding. Is <laughs> that shots fired? Yeah. Stay quiet. Just stay quiet. I need your help. He he's never hurt anyone. By the time the shooter's mother calls, a really good kid. Please don't punish him. Saying her son has never done anything violent and that he might be heading to the bank with a gun. He but he don't, we don't even own guns. I don't know where he would have gotten a gun. It was too late. Tonight, two people remain in the hospital, including police officer Nicholas Wilt. Shot in the head as he responded to the shooting, he remains in critical condition. At a vigil in Louisville tonight, mourners honored the five people killed in Monday's shooting. Deanna Eckert, Joshua Barrick, Thomas Elliott, James Tutt, and Juliana Farmer. All employees at the bank where the gunman worked. Tiffany Cardwell knew two of the victims. Are you afraid at all that this could happen again, either here or in a different community? You know,
2: I have two college kids, you know, in different campuses, and this could happen,
3: you know, anywhere. But, yes, um, I mean, you have to live your life still. In a statement, the shooter's family condemned what they called this senseless act of violence, adding while he had mental health challenges, there were never any warning signs he was capable of this shocking act. Funerals for at least two of the victims are set to take place on Friday. Nora.
2: Roxana Saberi, thank you very much. And another big story that we are following a huge toxic fire at a former recycling plant in Richmond, Indiana, is expected to continue to burn for several more days. It's for schools to close, and more than 2,000 people were evacuated. Tonight, the EPA and local officials are monitoring air quality. Max Lewis, with our Indiana affiliate WTTV, reports there's major concern over what is burning. <gasps>
5: A plume of black smoke rising into the air, stretching from across eastern Indiana and western Ohio. So
3: I went outside and there was a tremendous amount of smoke and a lot of flames happening at that point.
5: Officials say the massive fire broke out at a factory in the town of Richmond Tuesday, spewing so much toxic smoke into the air, it appeared temporarily on weather radar. This has been a challenging fire just because it's plastics. The city quickly issued a warning to residents within a half mile to stay indoors. The EPA is now investigating whether asbestos containing materials and other carcinogenic chemicals may have left the site in the smoke.
4: Fortunately, the toxic compounds that we're looking for, we're not seeing but everyone needs to keep in mind that smoke is harmful and uh, we, we are seeing smoke in our particulate meters.
5: The mayor said the business has been a fire hazard for years and has been fighting in court since at least 2019 to get the owner to clean it up. Chief Brown said plastic was stacked from wall to wall and floor to ceiling.
0: It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when this was going to happen.
5: The Department of Homeland Security tells CBS News the smoke is diluted as it escapes into the air and the immediate concern is for the first responders in close proximity to the flames.
6: You ever seen anything like this?
1: Not like this. Nope. Not this big. Not live. (laughs) Only on TV.
5: Tonight, that fire is under control but is expected to burn for days. CBS News did reach out to the owner of the plant regarding that cleanup complaint but did not hear back. Nora.
2: Max Lewis, thank you very much. In Tennessee, it took less than a week for two black Democratic lawmakers to be reinstated to the state legislature after they were kicked out by Republicans for leading a protest over gun reform. CBS's Mark Strassman tells us how the second lawmaker was vindicated this afternoon. No justice!
7: No peace! No Justin, no peace.
5: This is what democracy looks like.
7: Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. Because
5: this is the democracy that changes the status quo.
7: (laughs) Two-thirds of the Tennessee Three marching supporters through Memphis to the intersection of reappointment and redemption.
5: We need to use the democratic process of reappointment in order to ensure that we send a clear message that we care about the preservation of democracy. What you all see
7: right now is a vote. The Shelby County Commission's vote whether to appoint Pearson as his former district's interim state rep. Unanimously, they said yes.
5: Yeah.
7: Two weeks ago, this disruptive gun control protest on the House floor enraged Republicans. They expelled both Pearson and Jones, a tactic that boomeranged. Ever been on a roller coaster quite like this one? Definitely not.
4: Justin Jones.
7: Nashville's Metro Council gave Jones back his seat on Monday. An hour later, he took a victory lap on the House floor. Are you being treated any differently by the Republicans who wanted you gone? Hmm. I mean, many of them, you know, some some will say hi, some some still won't talk to us. I hope that the culture here changes. I hope that democracy thrives and I hope that we take action um, to move this state forward. This development is bound to anger those Republican lawmakers. Governor Bill Lee, another Republican, has signed an executive order to expand background checks for gun buyers. He's also urging legislation to take guns away from dangerous people. And for Democrats here, Nora, it's hard-fought progress.
2: Hmm, The debate continues. Mark Strassman, thank you very much. Well, we want to turn now to some breaking news we are getting from New York City, where an envelope containing a mysterious white powder was sent to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Now, this comes a week after Bragg charged former President Donald Trump with 34 felony counts. Police are testing this substance to determine what it is. At this hour, there are no reports of anyone getting sick. Tonight, the Biden administration is hoping to put the brakes on climate change by proposing some of the toughest regulations yet on vehicle emissions. CBS's Ben Tracy reports that hitting its goals will require nothing short of a revolution for drivers.
1: It's a massive jolt for electric vehicles. The EPA's proposed tailpipe pollution standards are so strict they would effectively force automakers to ditch most gas-powered cars and trucks put the pedal to the metal on EVs. Today's actions will accelerate our ongoing transition to a clean vehicle's future. Right now, fully electric vehicles make up just 7% of new car sales. The Biden administration is trying to supercharge that to more than half by 2030 and two-thirds by 2032. Major U.S. automakers are rapidly ramping up production of EVs, but there are concerns about the supply of raw materials for the batteries and whether the nation's power grid can handle charging demands.
0: And that's ultimately going to determine whether we can reach these levels.
1: John Bazella represents the auto industry. This is clearly ambitious. Is it realistic? There's no question automakers know how to make electric vehicles. It's going to require
0: a complete transformation of the automotive industrial base if we're going to be truly
1: successful here. Getting Americans to go electric is key to the Biden administration's climate goals. In the U.S., transportation is the largest contributor to planet warming carbon emissions. But while 41 percent of Americans say they are very or somewhat likely to buy an EV, 47 percent say they are not, mostly because of the cost and lack of charging stations. So charging stations like this one will eventually need to be on almost every corner, just like gas stations are today. The Biden administration says it wants a nationwide network of half a million chargers by 2030. But, nor that's going to take a lot of work because that's about four times as many that currently exist.
2: Yeah, a lot of chargers. Ben Tracy, thank you so much. National Public Radio told its nearly nine million followers on Twitter today that it's quitting the platform owned by Elon Musk. Twitter labeled NPR's main account as state-affiliated media, later changing it to government-funded media, which NPR says undermined its editorial independence. And it comes as Musk, in a rare interview, revealed he would sell Twitter to the right owner. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti.
6: In a wide-ranging interview with CBS News partner the BBC, Elon Musk addressed a tidal wave of controversy and missteps.
0: The pain level of Twitter has been extremely high. Um, This hasn't been some sort of party. Um, So... it's been really quite a stressful situation.
6: Critics say after laying off nearly 80 percent of Twitter staff, the site has been plagued with operational problems, what Musk dismissed as glitches. He also pushed back on claims of rampant misinformation on the site.
0: I actually think there's, there's, there's less these days because we, we've eliminated so many of the bots which were pushing scams and spam. Uh, and previously, previous management turned a blind
6: eye. One study found accounts that often link to false information have seen engagement increase 42% since Musk purchased the company last October. What's indisputable is the financial hit Twitter has taken. In March, Musk valued the company at $20 billion, down from the $44 billion he paid.
0: I think we're trending towards being cash kind flow of positive very soon, like literally in a matter of, of, of months.
6: But there's also concern users will follow NPR's lead and leave the site altogether. Musk has previously said he would find a new CEO to run the struggling company, which he joked about in the interview. I'm not the CEO of Twitter. My dog is the CEO of Twitter. Okay. When pressed further, he said he planned to name a successor at some point. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News, Los Angeles.
2: Another prominent Republican may be joining the 2024 presidential race. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina announced today that he's launching a presidential exploratory committee, setting up a potential challenge to former President Donald Trump for the GOP nomination. In an exclusive interview today with CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns, Scott talked about how he might appeal to Republican voters.
0: I see that America is starving for positive, optimistic leadership. I wanna provide that alternative, not to any specific candidate, but for the American people.
2: Scott did not say whether he would support Trump if the former president wins the party's nomination. We wanna turn now to our special Tax Time series, Clearing up some of the confusion over transactions made on payment platforms like PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. In tonight's Money Watch, CBS's Scott McFarlane explains which types of payments the IRS will soon want you to report.
4: I was supposed to have a house call today. Monica Colburn helps run a Virginia hair salon. But like a growing number of Americans, she uses the flexible hours to earn some extra cash. How many different side hustles do you have? I think last year I had eight 1099s. She works weddings and promotes musicians, collecting most of her income through payment apps like Venmo. If I didn't have multiple ways that somebody could pay me, I feel like I would lose business. The apps are easy to use, but starting next year, filing taxes for millions of people could become trickier. A new IRS rule will require anyone earning more than $600 on payment apps in 2023 to receive a 1099-K form. The old threshold was earning $20,000, over 200 transactions.
5: This is not a tax law change. Um, This is just a reporting requirement for those third parties like Venmo, PayPal, and the credit card companies.
4: The IRS expects an initial surge of 4 million of these forms next year, which it says it can handle. But there are businesses concerned handling all the paperwork from this change could be like taking on a whole nother job in and of itself. Businesses like Dennis Turbitville, a Maryland furniture maker, takes nearly all of his payments through apps and worries he'll make a mistake when the government is asking for its cut.
0: A $2,500 penalty for a, a business that's doing $2 million a year, not a big deal. For somebody like me, that's a big deal.
4: The IRS says money exchanged between friends shouldn't be taxed and warns users to classify those transactions as personal, not goods and services. Scott McFarland, CBS News, Alexandria, Virginia.
2: Record warmth is moving east along with the growing risk of wildfires. That story is coming up next.
8: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment.
2: Records are falling as the unseasonably warm weather moves east, with temperatures well into the 80s through Friday. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and New York could be 20 to 40 degrees above normal. The dry, breezy conditions are raising concerns about fires. This massive one in central New Jersey forced temporary evacuations. There's news about the coronation of King Charles. Will Prince Harry and Meghan be there? The royal details next. Buckingham Palace ended months of speculation today when it confirmed Prince Harry will attend his father's coronation on May 6th, but he'll be solo. Wife Meghan will stay in California with Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet. It wasn't clear if Harry would show up after his memoir revealed a deep rift with the royal family. Hit music is being preserved for the ages. That's next. just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient, comfortable. Ah. The Library of Congress has announced the 25 recordings it's preserving this year because of their cultural and historic importance. CBS's Elise Preston reports the list includes a string of classics and a big surprise for video game fans.
1: Sweet dreams are
5: made of the They're part of our nation's soundtrack, from the Eurythmics' Sweet Dreams, to Daddy Yankee's Gasolina.
2: The first reggaeton song chosen for preservation. Genres that span generations. I
7: played
8: the song, people liked it. I went, wow, this is really good.
2: Queen Latifah's renowned rhymes make her the first female rapper inducted. The title of this recital is Ladies First. Quite a lot of uh, women on this list, a lot of women of color. Why is
3: that so important? Well, when you think about the diversity of recorded sound, you have to include as many voices as possible. Mariah Carey.
2: And Madonna.
5: And for the first time, a video game theme song made the list:
3: the Super Mario Brothers melody. Twenty-five
2: recordings harmonizing into history. Elise Preston, CBS News, Los Angeles. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. Thanks for joining us and good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey.
4: Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's let's sell this thing.
3: The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcasts, but we have plenty of time on the podcast.